today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Don't let the wise man glory in his wisdom or the mighty man in his might or the rich in his riches. But if you're going to glory in something, glory in the fact that you understand and know the Lord, that you have a relationship with Him, and that your sins are forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ, and you've been reconciled to God through Jesus. That's what you glory in, right? That's what saves us. Not not our wisdom, uh, not our might, not our riches, but Jesus. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 says... As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Today, Pastor Dan teaches that your own might and good deeds will not save you. It's only through the blood of Jesus that you were saved. So don't put your hopes in the things of this world. Rather, take delight in the Lord and the gifts that He has given to you. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah chapter 47 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Coming against the Philistines. Now God used the Babylonian. He used the Babylonian army to judge the Philistines. But this was the work of the Lord. The Philistines defeat, they were defeated for a spiritual reason. Not because of a political reason or a military reason. This was a spiritual thing that was happening. Now we we don't think of wars or battles or attacks as something that is spiritual that's happening, right? We give it a you know, political explanation, a military explanation, what's going on politically in the region. Uh, you know, uh, in modern times, they're after oil or they have, you know, whatever. But what we see in the Bible is that there's a spiritual dominion over all of this that's happening here. This is the work of the Lord, actually. So now we come to chapter 48, and in chapter 48, we have the judgment against Moab, and you can see on the map here, Moab is the purple country here, the purple kingdom, Uh, so they are to the east of the land of Judah. The Moabites were the descendants of Lot, Abraham's nephew, so they were actually related to the Hebrews, they were related to the children of Israel. But again, the Moabites often opposed Israel and came against and encroached on their land. So understand that for Israel, they had an enemy directly to one side and an enemy directly to the other side on on their borders here. One to the east, one to the west. It's now verse 1 of chapter 48 against Moab. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Woe to Nebo, for it is plundered. And there's going to be some names of places here that I'm going to butcher. Kirjathaim is shamed and taken 
The high stronghold is shamed and dismayed. No more praise of Moab and Heshbon. They have devised evil against her. Come and let us cut her off as a nation. You also shall be cut down, O madman. The sword shall pursue you. A voice of crying shall be from Horanaim, plundering and great destruction. These are all Moabite cities that are described here. Moab is destroyed. Her little ones have caused a cry to be heard. For in the ascent of Luhith, they ascend with continual weeping. For in the descent of Horanaim, the enemies have heard a cry of destruction. Flee, save your lives, and be like the juniper in the wilderness. They're told here to flee to the wilderness, flee to the desert. Like the juniper tree that grows in the desert. Go, go to the desert. Flee to the desert so that you can live. That's your only chance. And look what it says in verse 7 about Moab. For because, so here's the reason why, for because you have trusted in your works and your treasures, you also shall be taken. And Chemosh shall go forth into captivity, his priests and his princes together. He says here, the reason that this judgment is coming upon them is because the Moabites trusted in their works and their treasures, their wealth, and Chemosh, which was kind of like their national god that they trusted in. They thought their works would save them. They thought their wealth would save them as a nation. They weren't worried because they thought that any situation they were in, that they had the ability and the ingenuity and the money to get themselves out of it. And their confidence was in their own works, their own abilities, and in their money and in their false god, Chemosh. And those things did not save them. Those things did not save them. Just like with us, our works don't save us. We're not saved by the good deeds that we do or the good works that we do or how kind we are to people. can't buy your way into heaven. There's a lot of situations we face in life where our money can do nothing for us. And you can have a lot of money and it can't do anything for you. I remember years ago going to a training for chaplains. This was right after Hurricane Katrina, and they were training chaplains to get them down to New Orleans and the Gulf Coast to minister to people that were in the shelters and that kind of thing in New Orleans after the hurricane. And one of the chaplains said the thing that surprised him the most serving in the shelters was the number of people he met in the shelters who were doctors and lawyers and accountants who said, I've got plenty of money in the bank. My car is underwater. And I can't get out of the city. If I could just get out of the city and get to a hotel, I've got money to stay in a hotel. But everything's underwater. So they had the money, but their money didn't do anything to save them in that situation. Didn't matter how rich you were in that situation. 
Right? Our works can't save us. Our wealth can't save us. There's many places in the Bible that warn us of the folly of trusting in our own works, in our own abilities, or trusting in our wealth. Even here in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 9, it says, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness and judgment and righteousness and the earth, for in these I delight, says the Lord. Don't let the wise man glory in his wisdom or the mighty man in his might or the rich in his riches. But if you're going to glory in something, glory in the fact that you understand and know the Lord, that you have a relationship with him and that your sins are forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ and you've been reconciled to God through Jesus. That's what you glory in, right? That's what saves us. Not not our wisdom, uh, not our might, not our riches, but Jesus. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, it says, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty and not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. It doesn't say you, you, you shouldn't be rich or that it's ungodly to be rich. It's saying don't trust in those uncertain riches. And riches are uncertain. Things can change pretty quickly. We're not to trust in them. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the living God. Moab was judged because they trusted in their own works, their own abilities. They trusted in their wealth. And they trusted in Chemosh, this false god. Verse 8 says, And the plunderer shall come against every city. Isn't it interesting? They trusted in their wealth. And they're going to get plundered. (laughs) All their wealth is going to get taken from them. They're going to lose it all. And the plunderer shall come against every city. No one shall escape. The valley also shall perish. And the plain shall be destroyed as the Lord has spoken. God's judgment will come upon every city in Moab, it says. Those in the valley and those cities on the plateau, the plain, will all be destroyed as the Lord has spoken. Give wings to Moab, for she may flee and get away, for her cities shall be desolate without any to dwell in them. Cursed is he who does the work of the Lord deceitfully, and cursed is he who keeps back his sword from Blood. He, he says here that the judgment will come upon every city and Moab. And he says here in verse 10, a very striking verse, verse 10, that God was so determined to assure Moab's destruction that he threatens a curse to those nations that were appointed by him to bring that destruction upon Moab if they hold back, if they show mercy in any way. To Moab. He's appointed these nations to destroy them and plunder them. And he says to those nations, if you don't carry it out to the full extent that I want you to carry it out, you're going to be in trouble with me. That's pretty serious. He doesn't want any mercy here for Moab. 
Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Now, we're told in Ezekiel that God used tribes from the east to destroy Moab and to destroy. They invaded the land and plundered the land. Now, watch what it says in verse 11. Now, Moab has been at ease from his youth. He has settled on his dregs. And has not been emptied from vessel to vessel, nor has he gone into captivity. Therefore, his taste remained in him, and his scent has not changed. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I shall send him wine workers who will tip him over and empty his vessels and break the bottles." Moab's problem, listen to what what he's saying here. Moab's problem was that they were at ease. That life was easy for them. In their ease, they had grown complacent. They had grown self-confident. And I, I love the description that the Lord uses here. He says they've settled on their dregs. The dregs have been allowed to settle. In the bottom of the bottle. The dregs are the sediment. When wine is made. And there's sediment. In the wine. And that sediment. The dregs. They need to be removed. From the wine. If the dregs remain. The wine will be spoiled. That's what he's talking about here. And when he goes on to say. The taste remained in him. And the scent has not changed. If the dregs remain, the wine is spoiled. And so it's essential to remove the dregs from the wine. And how did they do that? Well, just as it says here in verse 11, they would empty the wine from one vessel to another. After the dregs had settled to the bottom, they would carefully pour the wine off to separate the wine from the dregs. And the dregs from the wine. What is the Lord saying here? He's saying that Moab's ease is ruining them. It's spoiling them. Because their life has been so easy and trouble-free that it's actually ruining them as a nation. And he's saying that you know th- things need to be stirred up a little bit. With them. They need to be poured out. They need to have the dregs removed. They they need to go through this process to remove the dregs. So that's what he's going to do. He's going to send Babylon 
to get the dregs out of the nation. I read that and I think about myself and I think about probably most people. I like it easy. <laughs> I like it trouble-free. I like, I like having long stretches in my life uh, where there's no trouble at all. I like that. And probably like you, like me, like most people, I work and do things in my life to try to keep it easy as much as possible. And like most people in our culture, right, they want to work until they can save enough money and not have to work anymore. And they can, they can do what? They can take it easy and collect seashells and play golf every day. Right? And that's the goal. To get to the point where I can just collect seashells. That's not what the Lord wants for us. That's not what He wants for us. Because if our life is too easy, the dregs will settle and the wine will spoil. Having too much ease, and don't get me wrong, I'm not asking for trouble. I'm not inviting it. But having too much ease in our lives can can spoil us spiritually. We can grow complacent. We can grow self-confident. We can grow, you know, just trusting in our routine that we've created that is working so well. And, and sometimes the Lord will do just what he does with Moab and he, he sends some wine workers in <laughs> to our life. They start pouring us out. And it's uncomfortable and, it's, and we don't like it. But what he's doing, he's trying to get the dregs out. He's trying to purify us for our own good. We don't want to let the dregs settle. It goes on in verse 13 to say, Moab shall be ashamed of Chemosh, their God, as the house of Israel was ashamed of Bethel, their confidence. They'll be ashamed of their God because their God will not save them. He will fail them. Just as the children of Israel were ashamed at Bethel, If you remember, Bethel was one of the two places in the northern kingdom of Israel where the the northern kingdom set up a a place of worship where they worshipped a golden calf. The other place was Dan in the northern part of Israel. They set up calf worship for the people to worship there and it became a center of idolatry. And that idolatry is what led to their destruction. And so they became ashamed of Bethel and Moab will suffer the same fate for their idolatry. God is the same. He doesn't change. He's not going to have a different set of rules for Moab and just, you know, turn a blind eye to their idolatry. How can you say we are mighty and strong men for the war? Moab was confident in their own strength. But her strength will not save her. Moab is plundered. And gone up from her cities, her chosen young men have gone down to the slaughter, says the king, whose name is Yahweh of hosts, or Yahweh of armies. Her chosen men are slaughtered. The youth of the nation, the youth of the future of any nation, Moab's young men were slaughtered in battle. Verse 16, the calamity of Moab is near at hand and his affliction comes quickly. Bemoan him, all you who are around him, 
and all you who know his name. Say how the strong staff is broken, the beautiful rod. O daughter inhabiting Debon, come down from your glory and sit in thirst. For the plunderer of Moab has come against you. He has destroyed your strongholds. O inhabitant of Aor, stand by the way and watch. Ask him who flees and her who escapes. Say, what has happened? Moab is shamed, for he has broken down. Wail and cry. Tell it in Arnon that Moab is plundered. And judgment has come on the plain country, on Holon and Yaza and Mephath, on Deban and Nebo and Beth, that place, and <laughs> Kirjathaim, and Beth Gamul, and Beth Mion. <laughs> you know what's funny is when you go, like if you travel over there and you have a, you have a tour guide, like when you go to Jordan, for example, and he'll pronounce these names, and it's totally different from what you would think it would be, you know, and you, he says it, and you're like, wait, what did you just say? Oh, that's how you pronounce it? Okay. Verse 24 on Kiriath and Basra and all the cities of the land of Moab, fear far and near. The horn of Moab is cut off and his arm is broken, says the Lord. Now, the, now all these cities in Moab, Jeremiah listed these cities from north to south. It's as if he's, he's starting at the top of the kingdom of Moab and he's going through the cities from north to south, describing each of the cities, 11 cities in all that he names here, both far and near, all of them will be destroyed. Not one will be spared. Again, in verse 25, the horn of Moab is cut off. The horn uh, was a symbol of strength. The horn of an animal was a symbol of strength. Moab's strength will be cut off. Her arm will be broken. She'll be made lame. Now look at verse 26. Make him drunk. Because he exalted himself against the Lord. Moab shall wallow in his vomit. And he shall also be in derision. Here the Lord says of Moab. Make him drunk. Now why does he say that? Make him drunk. Proverbs 31 verse 6 says. Give strong drink to him who is perishing. To the person who's about to die, give them strong drink to numb the pain, to numb what's about to come. And here the Lord says, get him drunk because of what's about to come down. Make him drunk. And because Moab exalted himself against the Lord, he will wallow in his own vomit. Just uh, his, his destruction will be humiliating. You know, just as a drunk person passed out covered in their own vomit. It's humiliating. This nation that saw themselves as so great and powerful, when really they've had this life of ease, and when their destruction comes, it's going to be a humiliating destruction for them. They're, they're not going to go down in a blaze of glory. He asked me how I know and I say brings truer than the finest crystal When you look at the book of Jeremiah at a glance, it seems like the overarching theme is judgment and negative consequence. But as you take a closer look, you're given a microscopic lens into the heart of God. Yes, there was judgment and eventual exile, but think about how long-suffering and patient God was in giving them multiple chances to repent from their ways 
and separate from their sin. What an amazing and hopeful picture of God's heart toward you. He is just and fair in handing out consequences to those who willfully go against what he's offering. But like a patient parent, he gives grace and mercy when you vacillate between following him and venturing elsewhere. Ultimately, God wants you to choose him wholeheartedly, and he wants to bless you. Take the book of Jeremiah as a continual reminder that God is gracious and merciful, but he'll bring judgment on those who refuse his ways. If you want to talk to someone and better understand what all of this means, don't hesitate to call us at 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We're so glad you joined us today on Ring of Truth. Feel free to study this book on your own in the meantime. In our next edition, Pastor Dan will share more from the book of Jeremiah and provide a deeper understanding of how to apply it to your life here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize